Today's episode is brought to you by Anchor.fm, the easiest way to make a podcast. Haven't heard about Anchor? Well, let me explain. It's free. That's right, F-R-E-E, free. Anchor has many creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will then take your podcast and distribute it for you. It can now be heard on multiple podcasting platforms, such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It is everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app today or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's anchor.fm. Start your dream now. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Rough Cut Sportscast. I am your host, the one and only Vinny Milani, alongside your boy, A.J. Johnson. What's up, buddy? I just realized I did not put a green screen on for myself, so you are just seeing all natural behind me. It is a beautiful Wednesday, March 3rd. A.J., how is it going on this day? It's going, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, much like last Wednesday, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. It's it's moving. It's moving along. It's happened. Very busy, actually, for a hump day, just running through and trying to get one thing done after another. I felt very adult, <laughs> so to speak. There was Aaron a after lot, Aaron, you know? There there was a lot happening today. Like, a lot happened today. Just, just it, the same way. It's been like so just we always love to pull the curtain back on our show here and let everyone know what happens in our lives and what really happens. We both at full sale we have a class a month and every every month we switch over and it, it's a new schedule, a new regime, a new set lifestyle basically and each class has yeah. its own like way to it. And like we just started a new class this week and like things are just really like starting to roll. Okay. Like there's a lot happening with these two classes that we're in. AJ's in a very busy class. I'm in a, you have three classes this week, this month. No, You said two, basically you and me, I have two this month. Oh yeah. And, and that's, that's what's been killing me today was, you know, it's like, it's not just the thought process either of checking your class, make sure you did something. It's like not feeling accomplished when you finished one thing in a class because you have another one to go check and make sure you haven't missed anything. It's a, uh, it's a lot to keep up with, but yeah, I do it for the culture. We do, we do it. We do it. We make it happen. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of the Rough Cut Sportscast. We've got a great show ahead of us. We are talking NFC West. We kind of wanted to go with the schedule of AFC South, NFC South, and going to go back and forth on that. But there was just a massive story, a massive news breaking on Monday to to the point where we couldn't do the NFC South this week. We have to do the NFC West because <laughs> of the breaking news that we got on Wednesday that saw potential Hall of Fame pass rusher in J.J. Watt uh, leave the Houston Texans for the Arizona Cardinals. No one thought it would happen. No one had the Arizona Cardinals on the list, but it happened. AJ, let me just get your initial thoughts on that before we really dive deep into this show. 
when have you ever seen another uh athlete keep a secret so well like every single time uh athletes changing teams more often than not you're hearing at least close to when it's happening that it's about to happen the only person who told us where he was going first was jj watt and he did like he spent the whole week trolling all of america and it was it was amazing you know just posting these little uh, things on Twitter to get people riled up. Uh, I don't know if you saw like <laughs> people would post things like he said mitochondria. It's like, oh, that has a C in it. He must be going to Cleveland. You know, he just left everything up in the air. All these people could speculate all they wanted. And then he comes out working out with the Arizona Cardinals sh- shirt on with the source, me, and lets the world know he's going. It's, he, it was awesome. He, it was great. he handled the whole situation so amazed. Like, I wish that this was like how players did it all the time. I don't know if you heard it on the radio today, but he came out and told like in his press conference that he had about five T-shirts delivered to his house. Of the uh, Not to his house. He had five T-shirts ordered of the five teams that he kind of knew that he wanted to go to. And he right. had them delivered to his friend, his brother's friend's house to <laughs> avoid any type of speculation coming his way so he had him ordered by his brother's friend delivered there just so he can have it all slide under the radar and i mean it was fantastic and let's not forget when we when he when we found out he was getting cut by the texans he was the one who broke the story on that too so right, jj right. took it all under his own control he handled it all that that's that that was honestly great to see aj I, I do have to ask you the question though man there has been talk about like if jj watt wanted to win a super bowl he wouldn't have gone to arizona and he went to arizona for the money what do you have to say about that because realistically think about it, though the teams that he was potentially go he was listed as uh favorites to go to green bay buffalo both those teams are way ahead of arizona in terms of super bowl contender so is this what are your thoughts on that? Well, I, I think he looked at a team where you saw a lot of potential. They, you know, they were coming off some decent years, not as far as standings go. You know, they weren't high up in the standings or leading the division or anything, but they had some decent years as you could see the improvement coming off of this defense. You can see the improvement coming off of this offense. And he maybe felt like Arizona adding him would give that defense that spike. I mean, now you're sitting there next to uh, Chandler Jones. And, and I mean, think of that. Like, that's a duo right there. J.J. Watt in his career, 101 sacks, 172 tackles for loss, 25 forced fumbles. You pair that up with Chandler Jones, 97 sacks in his career, 106 tackles for loss, 27 forced fumbles, two years removed from having 19 sacks in a single season. You know, you get that pass rush together. Then you got the young stud Isaiah Simmons in the middle or, you know, on the edge or, you know, a three down lineman or a safety or, or a safe, quarterback or a quarter. he can do whatever he wants yep. to do. So, you know, this helps this helps Arizona have to direct their free agency a little differently. You know, they don't have to go all out on one side of the ball. They can now spend some money if they have it on the offensive side of the ball. They can focus on drafting something on the offensive line to protect Kyler Murray a little bit. And you saw the text message that J.J. Watt sent. He came to Arizona because he believes in Kyler Murray. So I don't think it's all of a sudden they're a Super Bowl contender this year, but I definitely think they just got a big step forward, and they're a team that we can reckon with coming uh, in the 2021 football season. 
I, I, I love it, man. J.J. Watt and Chandler Jones lined up. We ran a poll on Twitter after it happened. This is not our take into the polls question, but we ran a poll as soon as that J.J. Watt news happened as who has the best pass rush in the NFC West. Now, I mean, you look at that NFC West, it's scary, man. You have Aaron, you have Aaron Donald and whoever Los Angeles lines up with him. It's just a scary situation. <laughs> you have Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt. You have Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, and whoever else lines up on that San Francisco 49ers defensive line. That's a scary pass rush as well. And then you have Seattle. And Seattle has well, they got they got they got a decent linebacking core. They may not be rushing all day, but uh, yeah, you ain't running all day on them either. But that poll ended with the Rams taking that poll as the best defensive line or the best pass rush, and it makes sense. And that's and it's crazy because it's Aaron Donald alone, really. I mean, it's right. Aaron Donald alone. They might not get Leonard Floyd back, and we'll talk about that in a little bit when we dive into our NFC West preview. But I mean, that Los Angeles Rams defensive line alone with Aaron Aaron Donald is a scary situation and definitely yeah. earns the right to be the best pass rush in the NFC West. AJ, I want to get into this uh this take it to the polls question of the day. But first, I feel like we should talk about some news and notes though. We've got to talk about some news that has happened all week long. There has been a ton of cuts there has been a ton of of tweets. There's been a ton of comments about franchise tagging. I just want to run down some of the most important ones here that I noticed. Kyle Van Noy cut from the Miami Dolphins. That is a huge, huge cut. That one to me seems like the weirdest one that uh, of the cuts that we saw because Kyle Van Noy fit the system of what Brian Flores was trying to do in Miami, and it made the most sense. But again, we are in a we are in a time where cap salary cap means so much for this NFL offseason, where teams are really just trying to cut as much as as much dead weight as they can. And Kyle Van Noy was one of the most surprising ones that we saw. Then we saw another Kyle get cut, tight end from the Minnesota Vikings. Kyle Rudolph got cut. We saw Golden Tate got cut just moments before we started the show. There, it's just. I can't believe at how many people are getting big names. These aren't small names, man. Jared Cook gets cut. Kyle Rudolph gets cut. Kyle Van Noy gets cut. Golden Tate gets cut. It's, I mean, people are, they're cutting costs, man. The league is, teams are just cutting costs left and right, trying to prepare themselves for this 2021 season. And out of the names that I've listed as cuts, who, who surprised you the most? Who's the most interesting one? E- easily Kyle Van Noy. I mean, y- you see, you see what the 2020 COVID-19 pandemic has done to the NFL. You know, th- these cap casualties are coming because the salary cap is nowhere near where they thought it was going to be. Granted, they made 5 million back on it, but still it's nowhere near they wanted where they wanted to be. But Kyle Van Noy, Miami went and got him because he was an anchor on that New England Pages defense that was otherworldly a couple years ago, you know, and they signed him to four years, 51, $52 million, and to release him after one year, that's a huge cap casualty. And I know they want to do a lot of things on that defensive side of the ball to keep that defensive uh, momentum going that they've had for the last uh, season in five games. Um, but to to let him go, to let someone in the middle of that, of that defense, such an anchor go, it, it confuses me because this team is kind of young. And who are you getting? Who's that leader on that team, on that defensive side of the ball? I mean, Xavier Howard's a leader when it comes to stats Stats. and performance. But who's the leader as a voice? Who's the leader as keeping people accountable, you know? You need that guy on the field. 
And who knows? Maybe Kyle Van Noy didn't fit that role. Maybe they expected more of that from him. There's got to be a reason you let that type of contract go. I mean, that's yeah. usually the, the surprising one to me. It, it, it's so weird to see that. I and mean, when I when that news came across, I was like, Kyle Van Noy, didn't he just sign that? He was Brian Flores' guy, came from the New England system, yeah. just like Flores. They were both buddies. I mean, that was definitely the most surprising one. Other news from the, from this week and, and this past week, I thought this was funny, man. Two coaches, two GMs came out this week to discuss their star players and the or three coaches or three GMs, I should say, came out to discuss possibly franchise tagging certain players. We have the GM in Detroit. We have the GM in Green Bay and we have the GM in Chicago talking about their three stars, basically, that are up basically for the franchise tag and Allen Robinson, Aaron Jones and Kenny Galladay. And they all said the same thing and something along the lines of we know the franchise tag options there. We don't really want to utilize it, but if we have to, we might. So we'll have to see. There was like no, like there was no actual like substance to any of this besides we know it's there. We don't want to use the franchise tag, but we're aware that it's there. Who of those three names though, that I mentioned with Alan Robinson, Kenny Galladay and Aaron Jones, who would you, who would you make sure you franchise tag? Well, I would make sure I franchise tag Allen Robinson. I hope that doesn't happen. I mean, honestly, those three guys and what they mean to those to those teams, it, it could easily be either one of them, you know. And out of that list, I, I go Allen Robinson. One, if there's anything you can hope for, if you're going into next season with Mitch Trubisky and or Nick Foles, you already know the camaraderie. You already know the chemistry that they have with Allen Robinson. In Detroit with Kenny Galladay, he might be your franchise right now, but you're starting with a new QB. And as important as it may be to give him that star, I, I don't know. If, if you make me pick out of three, I'm going Allen Robinson. I think he means a little bit more to what's already happening in Chicago as opposed to what they're moving towards in Detroit. And in Green Bay, I mean, if you franchise Aaron Jones, no big deal. But we both have talked about how we think they really like A.J. Dillon and they're looking to move forward from that. And Aaron Jones is going to cost some money once that franchise tag is up. And I don't think you're franchise tagging him twice. So for no. me, I, I'm going to go Allen Robinson on this one. And that's hard because I can see why you would want to do Kenny Galladay in Detroit. But I won't yeah. say it a fifth time. Allen yeah, Robinson. I think it's I think it's Allen Robinson. I I'm I'm still praying that Allen Robinson ends up coming to the to the Jags, but I don't think that's going to end up happening. We'll get maybe fun, we'll. Man. Maybe we'll do a show where we uh, before maybe before free agency kicks officially kicks off, we'll do a a, a free agency kind of bet where we see who goes where and and place some Ooh. bets. I know I know our, our smoothest voice in sports casting it and uh, and Aaron love to gamble, so we might uh, throw some wagers on that uh, and see where where guys go and, and make some predictions. But let's get into this quick question of the day. This this uh, take it to the polls uh, question that we had on Twitter, which you can check out at rough cut underscore sports aj i know those fingers are loaded up eventually and we'll get to <laughs> it i promise but I today's question today's question was what nfc west offensive line is in the most danger this season and we we talked about jj watt now being added to a a very a pretty good defensive line in arizona obviously there's aaron donald there these offensive lines are going to be under a lot of pressure and the fans voted 38% Seattle, 31% Los Angeles, and 31% 49ers. No one voted for the Cardinals in that situation. 
Not a single vote for the Cardinals, which is very interesting. AJ, who do you have voted for in this situation? Uh, I, I would have voted for Seattle, and it has not much to do with the actual performance of them. It has a lot more to do with the fact that your quarterback called you out. That's a big deal. It means that your quarterback, the franchise, does not trust you as a unit, and that's a big deal. You know, Not only does that talk about what you've been to him for the last couple of years, I mean, it puts a target on you for this season. One, it tells you you have to improve. Otherwise, the guy in the back's going to have a lot to say about your career. And two, it lets every other team in that division know, if they didn't already, that you're someone that they can get the best of. You're, you're a unit that they can probably confuse. They can probably overpower. They can probably get the best of week in and week out. And that's an issue. The funny part about that is this offensive line in Seattle were actually better than they've been in multiple years. But you would have never known because come the end of the season, Russ couldn't cook anymore, and he was getting sacked five and six times a game. And then he's on the Dan Patrick show calling people out. <laughs> rightfully so, maybe in a different light, but rightfully so. I mean, they deserved it. He's been sacked how many times? Almost 400 in his Almost career. 400 That's times, crazy. man. Almost 400 That's times crazy. in his career. And I mean, it's like, how, how much of that, though, is on the fact that you're facing Aaron Donald twice a year? Not enough. <laughs> 400? Nah, that's not just Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald's got a lot of it, but that's not just Aaron Donald. Uh, it, it, it has to do – I mean, they've had a lot of moving pieces on that line. The only consistency you can really think about is Dwayne Brown, who is year in and year out one of the best tackles in the game. Um, it also has a lot to do with Russell Wilson, you know, and he admitted it. He holds the ball too long sometimes. But that's what happens when you start fearing and you don't trust your offensive line. You feel like you have to hold the ball more often because if you don't, you're going to get sacked. You know, I don't think Russell Wilson would ever say it, but like Sam Darnold said, you start to see ghosts, man. Like there's <laughs> phantoms running by you that you think you're about to get sacked and no one's there. You saw it with Carson Wentz. That's a lot of the reason he isn't the quarterback he used to be. He doesn't feel comfortable in the pocket, and that's that's a big deal. It's a big deal. Oh, man. If I could say – the second team I would think about, though, uh, would be the 49ers. You know, they actually had a better season, too, up front. You know, one of the best run-blocking teams in the league. But their interior line was a part of that injury play that went on in San Francisco. They had three guys play center, and they all logged over 200 snaps. And guess what? All three of those guys are free agents this year. Their entire line is almost up for free agency. So if they can't contain some of these guys and bring them back, they're going to be in a worse spot than they were this season, and they could drop back down to one of the worst offensive lines in the league. But I just wanted to throw that nugget out. No, that's good. I mean, I, I thought that there, sh there should have been more talk on the fact that um, Arizona wasn't voted for. I mean, yeah. Kyler Murray is – I mean, part of that I feel like is Kyler Murray still trying to <clears> – <throat> excuse me – still trying to figure out NFL defenses and not seeing guys right away and just automatically – counting on his legs to get him out of situations. Yeah. But you're, you, that's still an offensive line that needs work. Kyler is still scrambling yeah. more than he has to, or than he should be. And that has to be a concern. But now you have JJ Watt and Chandler Jones on the other side. And that, that takes, that takes away one of these monster pass rushing units. Um, but this was our take it to the polls question of the day. If you want to find out our next Take it to the polls question of the day. Tomorrow, we are talking NBA mid-season review and looking ahead at what is to come. There will be an NBA poll on our Twitter page, which you can check out. And you know what? I'm, I, I don't need to do this. 
I don't need to do this. It is time, though, for you, AJ, to load up those beautiful, beautiful mitts that you have over there uh-huh. and uh, tell the beautiful listeners where they can find us at. All right. Right where you hit that poll, the poll of the day at Rough Cut underscore sports on Twitter. Head over to Facebook, hit a like, hit a share with the Rough Cut Sports, and on Instagram at the Rough Cut Sportscast, where our one and only Vinny Milani puts all those wonderful graphics with all the wonderful sports news that you guys long for day in and day out. Leave a like, leave a share, hit that subscribe, hit that follow, find the heart, tell somebody, tell everybody. Tell everybody. And of course, We are brought to you by Halftime Sports Collectibles, the number one place to get all of your sports memorabilia needs. Check them out at HalftimeSportsCollectibles.com for more great sports memorabilia. And AJ, we have a winner. We have a winner? A winner. And I'm going to let you do the honors of choosing or letting everyone know who this winner is. We've talked about it before. You know who this winner is. I know who this winner is. It's time to let everyone know who the winner is of this signed Brandon Jacobs cleat, courtesy of Halftime Sports Collectibles, the number one place to get all your sports memorabilia needs. AJ, who is it? Who won? We got here. We got here. Our winner, the Brandon Jacobs, two-time Super Bowl winner, championship cleat, my guy, Kelly Adam Gill. Congratulations. Thank you for liking. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for tagging three people. Even though you didn't win, people still do it. Go like, go tag, go share. It was fun. It was fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're going to do, we're going to do more contests like this. Oh, it's still playing. I didn't know it was still playing. My bad. Whoopsie. Still victorious. I understand. (laughs) But we're going to do more contests like these. Thanks to Halftime Sports Collectibles. So, guys, please pay attention to our social media and go follow Halftime Sports Collectibles on their social media to stay on top of all the contests that we will be running in the near future. It's going to be great, man. But let's get into this NFC West preview here and talk about the offseason for these four teams. We're talking Cardinals. We're talking Rams. We're talking 49ers. And we are talking the Seattle Seahawks. And you just mentioned it, man. You just mentioned the fact that Russell Wilson is basically fighting for his life back there. He's on pace to get sacked the most times out of any quarterback in the history of the NFL. Okay. And I just want to play this audio here. If I can get it to play, man, you know how much trouble I had here with this. So let's pull this, let's pull this bad boy up and let's see if this works. You never want to be sacked that many times, you know, 400 times up basically is, is way too many 400 too many. Um, You know, so I think that's a big, the big thing that we got to fix that's got to be fixed, you know, and, and has to be, you know, at the end of the day, because you know, my goal is to play, you know, 10 to 15 more years. And so when you think about that and longevity and legacy and all that. So Russell Wilson here is came out and said that he is basically not protected. He, I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't join the bandwagon of all these media people saying, hey, the, Russell Wilson is is begging for help here. He's calling out his offensive line. I'm not going to go that far, but he is aware of this, and he was on the Dan Patrick show. He said that, and then he would go on to say and bring up the fact that Tom Brady went to Tampa Bay for the reason of being protected and feeling like he is comfortable with Bruce Arians and the system. He noticed in the Super Bowl he only got sacked once. Imagine being a quarterback in that situation, watching two teams play live there on the field and watching Tom Brady only get sacked once in the Super Bowl having that great protect. He's aware of it. 
he is aware of it, man. I just, Russell Wilson, man, I feel bad for him. I mean, yeah, I I do too. But here, here's the thing. I, I I'm with you on the media definitely overhyped it, but that's that's the job. That's what we do. That's what we do. You know, that's what we do. Russell Wilson says, "Hey guys, I wish my line was better." And the media goes, "Oh my gosh, Russell Wilson said his offensive line <laughs> he is trash. <laughs> Stop eating chicken. Alert, start eating veggies. Alert! Alert! alert. Russell Wilson hates his offensive line. <laughs> Put it, book it, tab it. Let's go." <laughs> But here's the thing. The reason we feel bad for him and the reason this number is 400 is because he's been behind a bad offensive line since he's got in the league. Granted, he won a Super Bowl with a bad offensive line, but they also had the best defense in the league that we had probably had seen since the 2000 Ravens, the 85 Bears, and I do not think that's an exaggeration. So when you look at what he's had to endure and where you're at now, you know, you think about you win the Super Bowl, you find a way back there the very next year, you lose by one play, bad, horrible play calling that'll be lived in infamy forever. And then you don't get back there forever. You don't sniff it. And you're talking about playing 10, 15 more years, but you want to do that as a winner, not playing 10 to 15 more years so that maybe you get one more. If there was anything you had to address in Russell Wilson's eyes, after you let that defense go, why isn't my offensive line being brought up why isn't my offensive line improving it seems like the seattle seahawks declined in every aspect of the game besides their wide receivers at this point when they should have lost something here because they improved something here and that's not what happened so not only did you lose a defense not only were we talking about a horrible secondary in the seattle seahawks last year we're still talking about a horrible offensive line which is also ironic because they're one of the run heaviest teams in the league so i'm with russell wilson i understand voicing your frustration but I think the media overhyping it is how we got to this point where there's teams being named for uh, trade partners for Russell Wilson. Oh, That's how we got God. to this point of their of their front office saying they're unhappy with the fact that Russell Wilson is stating that he's unhappy. It's becoming messy, and we're going from, oh, I didn't want to get traded. I just wanted to voice my frustrations to the Seahawks may have to trade him just so they can move forward. And it's, that would be the second QB who just signed a big extension and is looking to be moved almost uh, immediately. I was about to say, Deshaun Watson hasn't been moved yet, though, buddy. Deshaun Watson has not been moved yet. I don't know what you're talking about having Deshaun Watson be moved. No, no, not, not that he's moved, but wanting to be moved. Wanting to be moved and should be moved. Get him he, out the Houston, breaking news, the Houston Texans have traded Deshaun Watson for Russell Wilson one for one. What if that happened? Yeah. What if that came up right now? What would your thoughts be? Who lost that trade? Did anyone lose? Would anyone Russell Wilson, anyone Russell oh, yeah, Wilson Russell would lose Wilson. that trade. <laughs> that would be the ultimate slap in the face if you're Russell Wilson and you and you just got traded. Like you went from one bad situation to probably a actually there's no probably about it to a worse situation in. Oh, that would be just bad. That would be yeah. bad. It, it'd be, be the equivalent bad. of when you uh, upset Bill Belichick, so he sends you to Cleveland to to live out <laughs> your years in, <laughs> in shame like Jamie you will Collins, go rot who actually cleveland. played that's, quite well there <laughs> that's what's going to happen you're just going to go rot in cleveland that's 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 where that's where we send you just rot in cleveland but no let's take a look yeah. though at these seattle seahawks uh free agent to the targets though and i wanted to point out that if you notice the theme here they're all offensive linemen because hey Russell Wilson wants offensive linemen. You get Russell Wilson offensive linemen, okay? You protect your quarterback. AJ, is there anyone from this list that kind of jumps out to you? I mean, 
Corey Lindsley jumps out to everybody, but uh, yeah, I, I really do think he's going to be a focus for the Green Bay Packers. So uh, I'm going to jump down and say Austin Blythe, and you're going to hear me say his name again. He's uh, the LA Rams center right now, and he's played quite well for the last two seasons. If LA doesn't find a way to keep him, I think you make a push for him uh, right away. Now, granted, their center isn't bad in Kyle Fuller, but Austin Blythe is a guy who can play guard as well. He's a guy that you can move on that line, and that'll help you out immensely to have two guys, one that can move to the right, move to the left, or if something happens with your backup or with your center, he can be your center backup. So I, I think that's where I would point my my uh, compass <laughs> if I'm the Seattle Seahawks. But, I mean, honestly, I don't care who on that list you get. Get somebody. Put somebody on the line. Show Russ, show Russ that you want to try. Yeah, you know, at the very least, go out and get uh, and let's not let don't get a, a depth piece. Make an impact. Make a splash in right. that in, in, on the offensive line. Okay, for Russell Wilson to make him happy. Now, I, I want to point out a comment here: is should Pete Carroll be on the hot seat? He's like one of the most lovable coaches in the league for the Seattle Seahawks. They, I mean, they love him. You hear them all the time talking about how they love Pete Carroll, but. Is it time to start putting Pete Carroll on the hot seat? I think his seat should definitely be warming up. I mean, you, you you look at the way they start seasons and then the way they just dis, dismantle. You know, they, they come apart at the seams down the stretch. You, you're losing games you shouldn't lose. And sure, he's still, he's still safe because they're a playoff team season in, season out. But eventually you have to start thinking, look, I mean, playoffs aren't enough anymore. The question is, is there a coaching candidate that you want that you think is going to outcoach and be better than Pete yeah, Carroll? That's the, that's the biggest thing is, is are you going to be able to find another coach out there that's going to be able to do what Pete Carroll can do? And I think that's why I think that's one of the reasons why you keep him because there's no one else right. out. You're not going to get anyone better. You're not, you're not going right. to get anyone better, but let's take a look and see what they're or better for that situation. You know, that's the other thing too. It's not just about a better coach. It's about coming into what they have. You know, you're, you're looking at a team and I'll be quick about it. You're looking at a team that's uh, got some issues and they need to fix it. So you got Pete Carroll who knows how to get that team to a playoffs. You get a new guy in there. I mean, not everyone's going to be a McVay taking a team on a deep playoff run in their first year or two. So that's something to definitely think about. Exactly, exactly. And now let's take a look over at their potential, their key free agents that they need to lock up here. And I mean, I, I look at this one and I see Chris Carr like that. Chris Carson is the most interesting name on this list. And I'm not even just saying that because he's a must resign type of guy. But I think Chris Carson being on this list, it brings up the conversation, the, the conversation I think everyone is, is having about the running back position, because you look at this group of free agents, there's a lot of big name running backs. There's some top 10 running backs that are going to be free agents this offseason or potentially free agents this offseason. One of them being someone we'll talk about in a little bit in Kenyon Drake. But Chris Carson's a potentially top 10 running back. And do you go out and pay Chris Carson to rejoin your team to kind of go back to the old Seahawks days where you're letting Chris Carson run the ball or back in the Seahawks days where Marshawn Lynch ran the ball, but having that role go to Chris Carson, because we saw, we saw the, like, there's been the, the talk that the phrase out there, let Russ cook. Well, you let Russ cook this year and that you ended up where you are. Okay. If you have a healthy Chris Carson come back, are you relying on him? And are you bringing him back? And see, and that's my issue. You hit on it. The health, 
it, you know, that's that's where I find it hard to justify paying Chris Carson. He hasn't played a full 16 in his entire career with Seattle. You know, he got through 12 games last season. You know, he he was below 200 rushes or 200 carries for the first time since his first season. Um, that health thing is is a big deal to me. You know, year in and year out, you think about the depth that they have to keep at running back because at some point Chris Carson is going to go down. So I don't know how much he's asking for, but I don't know if you can pay it. I don't know if you have plans for your franchise tag elsewhere, but if it's me, that may be the way that I get Chris Carson for at least one more year until I can find somebody in the running back game that I can use moving forward. I don't know if I can pay Chris Carson a long-term contract. I think that's the big thing with the with the running backs and the running back landscape that we're seeing right now is the fact that they are you don't want to pay, you don't want to get yourself tied up in a running back hole. I mean, you saw it with Todd Gurley. You see it with the Cowboys and Ezekiel Elliott. I bet I bet Jerry Jones is saying to himself, man, I kind of wish we would have paid Dak instead of being locked up and tied up to Ezekiel Elliott. But and, and it's not a shot to any of these running backs. They're all very, very good running backs. But you're in a situation now where the careers of running backs are cut short. They're they're not the the shelf life of a good running back isn't as long as it used to be. And you don't want to be tied up in in big money with these running backs for a long period of time. So you're seeing them get franchise tagged. That's why we brought up earlier Aaron Jones being potentially franchise tagged. And you could see Chris Carson being in the same situation. You just don't want to be tied up in these running backs. So I'm on board with what you said, man. Franchise tag Chris Carson and get uh, basically at this point, the franchise tags just start being used just for running backs. Okay. Just keep franchise tagging until Great you can't idea. tag them anymore. Great idea. Not everyone's going to levy on bell. It. You can't expect everyone to be like, I'm just not going to play because <laughs> we saw I mean, how that worked out for levy on bell. And it's, it's, it's such a, like, I feel bad for the running back position because they're like, they're, they could be the workhorses. They're the one taking a lot of contact, a lot of physicality. So they need yeah. that long, that long-term deal. But you're just at the position now. You can't. You just really, you just yeah. can't. I mean, uh, I don't know, man. Something's got to be done for the running backs, man. They just get shafted. They come in on a rookie deal. They get used and abused. They get franchise tagged. And then they go out to free agency where nobody's going to pay them. I like, just it sucks with- I just picture the Toy Story, you know, the, in Toy Story one, what is it? Toy Story one, where Woody, th- where uh, Andy throws away Woody in the trash can, and he's like falling into the endless abyss, and uh, abyss, and he's just sitting there in the trash because he doesn't want to be played with anymore. That's the running back position. I feel like we could meme that and plant like insert running back's face on Woody's head, and just <laughs> it'll work. Yeah, it'll work yeah. for all of them. I want to, I want to give you one, one last uh, thing to marinate on after, uh, after this. Uh, Seattle Seahawks thing here and credit ESPN for this. I do not want to take credit for making these at all. I did not, I did not do it. I'm not that good at Photoshop. How does this look? How do, how do any of these look? Which one, which one looks right to you? Looks right. Oof. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> looks right. It, that's hard to say. I mean, I, I like that Raiders jersey, but they don't got anything going on for them over there. <laughs> don't don't you dare go to Chicago. Hell, hell no. Nah. <laughs> Why not? Why is Chicago a bad fit? Oh, I didn't say that. I just don't like Chicago. Chicago oh. has upset me with Mitchell Trubisky. I have <laughs> no fandom for them. 
I don't like, you know, I'm not mad that that was my team or anything, but the way they moved up to get Mitch Trubisky, it was just dumb. I'm sorry. And they deserve it. They don't deserve Russell Wilson. They deserve to live in tears for a lot longer. I think it's gotta I, be Dallas. I was going to say, I think Dallas, like it, <laughs> I'm not a Dallas fan either, but like the weapons there, you think about the weapons there, you, you, but he's not, that's almost the same situation that he's in with Seattle. You know, decent, hey, hey, decent. hey, AJ, I'm, I'm Jerry Jones calling you from the Dallas Cowboys. I, I asked for a trade. You know, I, hear, I hear Russell Wilson's not happy there. You got a bad O-line. He doesn't want to be there anymore. And uh, I don't know why Jerry Jones has a Boomhauer accent from King of the Hill, but it works. Uh, <laughs> I, I hear Russell Wilson's not happy over there, man. And I think uh, offensive line, he wants to get out of there. I mean, he's getting hit way too many times. So I'm going to be offering you Dak Prescott and a, a fourth-round pick for uh, Russell Wilson. How about, how about what do you say? What do you say? Dak Prescott, a first round pick, and I'm about it. <laughs> I would take it if you're Dallas. If who says no to either side? Would you like? Would if you're Dallas? Would you say no to that though? I would take that. I'd take it. I mean, I'd take it. I because here's the thing: you're fighting about paying Dak. Russell Wilson's already coming in with money on the contract. So, I mean, I guess that would be the upside for Dallas. They don't have to figure any of that out if they've already accepted the fact that they could take on his contract. And then for Seattle, I mean, if they're just going for a new regime, Dak's going to get his money. Yeah, yeah, there you go. There you go. But let's move on here. We've got a, we've got three more teams to get through, and we're only halfway through the show here. The Arizona Cardinals have to be next, I feel like, just because of their big splash they made on Monday, uh, signing J.J. Watt. Now, let's be honest here. J.J. Watt didn't come here and take a discount. No. J.J. Watt got not. paid. He yeah, got he paid in this move, okay? And it's putting the Arizona Cardinals in a tough situation. And we take a look at who their free agents are this season. I put Larry Fitzgerald on there because he technically is. But if Larry Fitzgerald wants to play, he's coming back to, to Arizona, right? Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's that it's that respect position. You know, it's that Udonis Haslam of the Miami Heat. Like you you are a guy. You're here until you don't want to be, even if he doesn't play many snaps. If Larry Fitzgerald says he wants to play as a Cardinal, they bring him back, even on a one year veteran minimum. Exactly. Exactly. And then you look down this list. You got Kenyon Drake, Hassan Reddick, Patrick Peterson, who has been brought up so many times in trade rumors and 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 not signing and leaving, coming back and liking the team, this and that. And then I, I threw on there Devondre Campbell because he's a former Falcon, and I know you know him very well because he is a former Falcon. I, I just wanted to throw him on that list. But what okay. name jumps out to you on this list? Because Arizona's going to be tight for cash, man. They're going to be tight for cash. Yeah. And I'm not sure that there's many people on this list that they're going to be like, we definitely have to do whatever it takes to bring back. Maybe it's Patrick yeah. Peterson. Who is it to you? Oof, that so I was gonna say Patrick Peterson actually, and because because of the uh, the money situation, Bailey puts in a Reddick just had a great year. I love that thought process. Hassan Reddick can mean a lot to the Arizona Cardinals, but when you're talking about the money situation, I do think it's Patrick Peterson. You just invested in your defense with JJ Watt, so now you have that veteran presence in JJ Watt and Chandler Jones, and if you bring Patrick Peterson back, now you have that veteran presence in the uh, secondary where they need to improve. So having a Patrick Peterson there does a couple things for me. He's cheap. He knows the system. He can teach the young guys. And come midseason near the trade deadline, if necessary, he can be a trade piece for some teams just looking to solidify or grab some good, solid veteran depth for another secondary. So if it's me, I'm thinking Patrick Peterson to start. 
Yeah, I, I, I would agree. I mean, look at this list. I mean, I would agree. It's, it, it has to be Patrick Peterson because he's not going to, he's not going to require as much money as any of these other guys that are on this list other than Larry Fitzgerald. Um, but that's going to be your most affordable option out of these guys here. He brings that veteran leadership. He knows Arizona very well. He knows that defense very well. I mean, can you imagine? Picture this. Let's travel back in time here. Let's travel back in time here to like. <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to solo you right after that one. But let's travel back in time here. Let's say the year is what 2016, so 15, maybe when was the last time JJ Watt was like solid? JJ Watt, Chandler Jones, Patrick Peterson, all on the same team with Larry Fitzgerald on the other side of the ball. That would be an all star team like five years ago. 2015. That that that'd be the year you want, yeah. He, uh, I mean, 2018 wasn't bad either. JJ Watt had 16 sacks in 2018. No, oh, <laughs> I didn't realize that. I didn't realize um, that. Yeah, that would be a stud team, and that's like, kind of what I was talking about with their defense, the Cardinals' defense. They had some good years too, and that would have coincided with them. They weren't great, <laughs> but yeah. you, you could see it. You know, you could see the pieces that they Carson, really were building. Carson on. Palmer's like, "Where was that when I was there? Where was this help when I was there?" But we digress. I think Kenyon Drake, though, should be brought up, though. I know he's going to be. Yeah. We go back to the franchise tag part. If yep. you can franchise tag him, make that happen. Because I think uh, when Kenyon Drake came back and he was healthy at the end of the season, he was relied upon a lot. And he was relieving a lot of stress that Ky- that Kyler Murray had to do in the right. red zone. He was Ke- Kenyon Drake was getting those red zone carries and scoring touchdowns on that. So that gives you an option there in the red zone. And it's not all on Kyler Murray. You're not selling out on one specific thing. We talked about it when we were when we were discussing the playoffs and, and, and teams being a one-dimensional type of offense. You have in the red zone, you throw in Kenyon Drake to spell Kyler Murray, and that's your that's your one-two punch right there in the red zone. It keeps teams on their heels. I think Kenyon Drake deserves that franchise tag here. I would that would be my yeah. to be completely honest, aside from locking down Patrick Peterson, it's number two right there is Kenyon Drake making that priority. But yeah. But let's do you do you have any thoughts on that before I go? Not really. That was the only reason I didn't bring up Kenyon Drake at the time was I didn't want to, you know, echo the sentiments we had a second ago because it's the absolute truth. It's absolutely right. You don't let him get away. You you run that duo back with him and and, uh, Chase Edmonds and you use it as a as a stopgap until uh, another running back can come along. We're gonna we're gonna uh we're gonna hashtag that hashtag franchise tag running backs or hashtag hashtag franchise tag RBs. That's what it's gonna be. That's going to be the yeah. hashtag that's coming out of this show here because that is what we're there preaching. Should be a, there should a be a running back tag. That's how they should handle the way these running backs get paid, you know, because it, it really, it truly is unfair to these running backs the way they get treated in the league as far as when it comes to contracts. I understand <laughs> it's a business. It is what it is. Think of a running back tag. That'd be dope. I don't, I don't know why. I, whenever you, whenever you like bring that up about how like the running backs are treated, I think of like, just like, just something dirt, like just dirty, like the like it's just yeah. a dirty yeah. thing yep. here. The way they treat the running yeah. backs is despicable. Bro, I gotta be. It's hard Bro. for me to. I gotta. I gotta make sure I don't say certain things when I talk about the way the running backs are treated because we, we we could get in some trouble. <laughs> Rough cut after hours there. Rough cut after yeah. hours. Yeah. Let's take, let's take a look and see their potential targets here. And like we mentioned before. The J.J. Watt signing, he did not take a discount here. He did not He did not lose – like he did not say, okay, I want to win a championship because so I'm going to take less money here. He got paid. 
So their targets here yeah. are not going to be the best here. You see a Hunter Henry. That's probably their most expensive target on this list. And then William Jackson. But we threw in these depth guys like A.J. Bouye and – I don't think Will Fuller is going to command that much money just because of his suspension that he has to start the season. But look at this list, AJ, and who who kind of brings who who kind of catches your eye here? You ready for this? Nope. I like the idea of bringing on a Gerald Everett. So last year, the Cardinals' best tight end was Dan Arnold, <laughs> and that was for a splash of a couple of weeks. Uh. I I I I saw the Hunter Henry thing up there, right? And I'm looking at it, and I go, "All right." So if I'm thinking they want a tight end, Hunter Henry to me doesn't fit. I don't think he meshes well with what the Arizona Cardinals like to do. I, I don't see. I see Hunter Henry as that as that drive concept guy. You know, ten yards up, hit an in route. Gerald Everett can stretch the field. Gerald Everett likes to get open. Gerald Everett came on real strong two years ago, and then he got hurt, and Tyler Higby came on real strong. And the Rams went with him as a starter last season. Turns out, though, Gerald Everett ended up leading the tight ends and targets, uh, as far as the Rams go. I like the way he, I like the way he gets open. I like the way he fights. I think Gerald Everett would fit better with this receiving core in Arizona, and he 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 fits the bill as far as the money. So yeah, that, 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 that's that, where that, I would go. And that's where we that that's where we go with here with the, the these free agents. Is it's the money. It comes down to the money. AJ Bouye would be a great pickup, yeah. in my opinion. I don't think he's. Absolutely. I don't think he's that bad. I, I I think that he's he's definitely not the cornerback that we saw in Jacksonville. And and where was he before Jacksonville? Where was AJ Bouye before Jacksonville? No, it was Jacksonville to Houston, right? Oh no, he was Houston to Jacksonville. Yeah, Houston to Jacksonville. Jacksonville yeah. to Denver. So yeah, he's not the same right. quarter cornerback we saw in the past, but he's still a very reliable cornerback. There, man. AJ, imagine AJ Boye, Patrick Peterson, Buda Baker, yeah. JJ Watt, and Chandler Jones on that defense. That's a that's a good defense. And Isaiah Simmons. And Isaiah Isaiah Simmons. I can't let him go. Isaiah Simmons didn't do too much this season. That's the only reason why I didn't bring him up. But he definitely has the potential to be a killer. Yeah. And I, he's I, young, I, but you you know what you see from him. You, you you know he's someone you'll be talking about a lot very soon. Yeah, I, I sure hope so. I was very high on him uh, coming into the draft uh, uh, last season. But we move on, though. Let's move on to our next team as we round out our NFC West. AJ, do you want the Rams? I'll give you the choice here. Do you want the Rams or do you want the 49ers here? Let's go with the Rams. I'll take the Rams for 1500 Alex. Hey, I see what you did there. Hey, you see what I did there? You, uh, hey. uh. All right. We're looking at the Rams here, though. We're looking at the Rams. You got Josh Reynolds, Gerald Everett, Leonard Floyd, John Johnson, and Troy Hill. AJ, who are you looking at on this list? So, well, firstly, let me ask this question. What happened to the NFC West that everybody's broke? <laughs> like, like this whole division is broke. The Rams are negative in the cap space. So for me, I'm going John, uh, Josh Reynolds. Um, I like this idea. McVay is an offensive minded coach. They like to get a lot of things done, a lot of different concepts, moving their receivers around and hiding them in the, in the formation. And Josh Reynolds is actually a sneaky, decent receiver. Uh, I, I, he's also very consistent. He averaged six, uh, 7.6 yards a target for three consecutive years. And I know that's not a number that just jumps out at you like, oh my gosh, 7.6 yards. No, 
but it's a consistency being a third and fourth man on the depth chart of wide receivers. Now you bring in Matt Stafford. You need to find some different ways to get different receivers the ball. And I think Josh Reynolds can do that for you after they take away the Robert Woods and the uh, Cooper Cup. So I go there, and they, they'll, you know, they'll figure out their defense. They're not going to be able to pay Leonard Floyd. Nope. You know, that's just not going to happen. Um, John Johnson was was decent, but Troy Hill was up and down all season. So I don't I don't put my money in that bag. I let them go find another direction and I try to build the secondary maybe through the draft or see what comes to you at the end pieces of free agency. I, I got a question though for you. Earlier on in our pre-show meeting, you brought up the lack of wider like going out and possibly signing a free agent wide receiver for the Rams this offseason. And that might be a priority to add to a guy like Cooper Cup and 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 Robert Woods. You got Josh Reynolds here. Would you consider making that a priority? Not over another receiver if I can get them and I can afford it. But if I can keep him uh for cheap, I do. He likes the system. They like him in the system. Um if if Gerald Everett takes off. You need that other receiver because Tyler Higby showed he had a good four games two years ago and then he was just a run-of-the-mill tight end. Can I bring something I don't up know here? If he, yeah, I don't know if he knows. I, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say, Kelly, did you hear the news? Let's, uh, let's ask him live here on the show. Kelly, did you hear the good news about you and uh, and, and, and a certain – Some sub- rough cut stuff? Some rough cut <laughs> stuff? We'll see. we'll see what he says. You know, the chat's all delayed and whatnot. But Kelly, right. we've got good news for you. Let's see your we'll see your comment, your response if you've heard the good news. But we'll make you wait. We'll make you wait here. We're gonna go into <laughs> the we're gonna go into the the potential target. Oh no, we've already talked about the potential targets for the Arizona Cardinals. I'm not gonna click on that again. We're gonna talk about the potential targets for the LA Rams. And you see this, and and you caught and it caught your it caught your eye here. The first and first on this list in Avery Williamson. You didn't even know he was traded last. I forgot. I forgot. We've got AJ, a- Avery Williamson, KJ Wright, Jadavion Clowney, who we have discussed before the show that he is a bust at this point. Oh, and you took away my revelation. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, no. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Okay. Christian okay. Kirk, Jadavion Clowney, KJ Wright, Avery Williamson. AJ, who is your target here? Who are you trying to talk about? Once again. My decision is based on financial reasons, and I, I'm actually gonna, I'm probably gonna go KJ Wright. Kirksey is pretty cheap, but I don't like what Kirksey did last year in Green Bay, and maybe it's just a down year. He can bounce back from it, but I, I don't like what he did. I know KJ Wright is a vet who has that prowess. You know, he comes from good stock, and I think he helped them out. When it came to financial, I wanted to go with Jadavion just because you know it's gonna be cheap. But then I looked at him. And I was like, no, you don't know Jadavion Clowney. He, I mean, one, he already tried that. And two, it's going to be a bust. <laughs> I mean, he was a bust. He, he didn't even hit 20. He only played eight games this year. Didn't even hit 20 tackles. Had no sacks. Had single-digit tackles for loss. It's just he never he never panned out. He never panned out. You, 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 in, you in the front. Yes. Yes, you. I'm going to bring someone up here. I want to, I'm going to bring someone up here. I want to bring up his comment first before I get into what I'm going to say. Aaron Donald made Floyd better than what he is, in my opinion. Ooh. So that ties into something here. What You just read off those Jadavion Clowney stats here. Leonard Floyd, before joining the Los Angeles Rams, you ready for this? Mm-hmm. Only three sacks, 
40 tackles in his and in his time with the Chicago Bears in his season prior, I should say, to joining the Rams. Three sacks, 40 tackles, 12 QB hits. That's it. Not not crazy numbers there, right? Not crazy numbers. Right. So what right. if that same why can't that same thing happen with Javion Clowney joining the Los Angeles Rams? I mean, it's possible he still has that athletic ability in Jadavion Clowney. Maybe he's coming back for redemption here. Maybe he hears all the chatter about him being a bust here. I'm listen, Aaron but, Donald can make anyone better. So the question doesn't become will he make Jadavion Clowner Clowney better? <laughs> <laughs> the question isn't will he make Jadavion Clowney better? It's how much better and is it worth it? Last year. Jadeveon Clowney, eight games. So we're talking injury again. Yep. 19 combined tackles, 14 solo tackles, four tackles for loss, six QB hits. How how much better is, is Aaron Donald going to make him that you really feel that it was worth it? That you really feel like Jadeveon Clowney was an upgrade or a, a key cog in your defensive scheme? You know, I don't I don't know if that's the case. And I mean, look at the year before when he was with Seattle, he had 31 combined tackles, 21 solo tackles. I mean, it's been a far cry from what we've been looking at from Jadeveon Clowney. And I don't know that Aaron Donald is enough to make him go buku crazy. And you're excited that Jadeveon Clowney finally got it. You in the front. Oh, he picked me again. All right. Just want to point this out. You stopped. You stopped at Seattle, though. And I, I thought I saw Kelly's point comment here. I agree, but he hasn't shown it next to other stud talent. Remember when you were like, oh, J.J. Watt had, what, 19 sacks in 2018? Correct? 16. 16. 16. Yeah. 16 sacks in 2018. Yeah. Correct? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Javion County in 2018, that same year that J.J. Yep. Watt went off, Nine yep. sacks. That was a nine sack season for J- for for Jadavion Clowney that year. The previous year, yeah. nine and a half sacks. The pro- previous year from that, six sacks. Obviously, we are a long way away from uh, we're a long way away from that type of pl- production from Jadavion Clowney. But we talk about it. What Aaron Donald has done with Leonard Floyd, or what Leonard Floyd has done with Aaron Donald, I should say, and his production jumping up because not saying because of Aaron Donald, but. The coincidence is there. Jadavion Clowney could, I mean, easily do that, I feel like. I feel like this could be a great situation. The more we've talked about this, the more I like this. If Jadavion Clowney signed with L.A., I, I think that would be a great signing. That'd be my, I well, think I, I mean, might. Yeah. yeah, I like that. Well, then they, he, here's the problem. I don't know if Jadavion Clowney realizes how much his services aren't sought after, though. Because that's the issue with why he was one of the longest tenured free agents a couple years yeah. ago. Because he was requiring a ridiculous amount of money. And honestly, yeah. for me, if I'm going if I'm going after Jadeveon Clowney now, he's getting a veteran minimum. Like couldn't that's that be, where I'm at. Couldn't that be a reset though on his attitude? Couldn't that be a re a potential? I'm not saying it's going to be because I don't know the person of Jadeveon Clowney, but that could be a reset for Jadeveon Clowney being like, oh man, I gotta. I was asking a lot of money. I haven't performed well. I've been banged up. I mean, how, how old is Javion Clowney right now? He's what? Uh, he he's is 28. 28 years old. He's still very young. He's still very young. You could wow. easily see him coming back hard and coming back strong. I, I think I don't. The, 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 this is the thing. I don't think he's going to want that much now. And you're the Los Angeles Rams, and you're tight on cash. 
Boom. There you go. Javian Clowney. But mm. AJ. Yeah. Can you uh can you tell Kelly the news? I, I think I can. I think I, I can. I think I can. I think I can. <laughs> That's why you're my guy. <laughs> it took forever. No. <laughs> it, 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 we, it, it, we got here. We earlier in the show announced our Brandon Jacobs Super Bowl giveaway winner, two-time Super Bowl winner, Mr. Kelly Adam Gill. Congratulations. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for liking. Thank you for tagging three people. Thank you for telling everybody. Thank you for checking in with the show. Homie, we really appreciate it. Uh, it is our pleasure to get you this signed Super Bowl cleat. So feel free to uh, send me your information, and we nope, will make nope. sure Actually, we... Uh... Nope. Send. Sorry, nope. I had to, I had to interrupt you. Kelly, message Halftime Sports Collectibles on Facebook or wherever you're following them at. Message them that you are our our rough cut Brandon Jacobs signed cleat winner, and they will reach out. They will connect with you. They, they, I mean, my guy Tyler over there at Halftime Sports Collectibles, he is the man. He's very responsive. He is very friendly. He's a great dude over there. He will hook you up with that signed Brandon Jacobs cleat. Thank you again for supporting this show. It's, it is amazing the amount of support that you and everyone else that participate in the contest. We really do appreciate it. And like we said before, we are going to have more contests available. AJ, let's round this bad boy out, though, with Kelly's San Francisco 49ers, okay? That makes sense that this is this panned out that way. San Francisco 49ers talk time. Let's go into their uh, key free agents. We got Trent Williams, Richard Sherman, Solomon Thomas, Oh, I cannot pronounce that one. Kyle and Kyle Juszczyk. You can you can pronounce Kyle Juszczyk, but you can't say Jaquiski Tart. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I could. I just I would have laughed too hard. You went with one. Mr. Consonant, but you couldn't get the one with the, with the vowels. I'm proud of you, buddy. <laughs> Who's jumping out to you other than the weird spelling names? Um, your guy, buddy, Trent Williams. Yeah, Trent Williams. That they they need to keep him. I, I, you know, it, it bugs me more and more. It bugs me more and more that you don't want Trent Williams as a Jacksonville Jaguar, because I just keep finding these nuggets about how good Trent Williams has been. You're remembering the year that he was hurt. You're remembering the year he took off from Washington football team because they did not treat him correctly. He came back last year and picked up right where he was right where he left off highest rated tackle in the game last season according to pro football focus was a 91.1 grade best run blocker in the league last year was a 90.9 grade if it wasn't for him who knows what that offensive line would look like you have to keep trent williams just like my guy kelly says trent williams is a must the thing is though is i am not I think you've got me all wrong here. I'm not saying like I don't want Trevor. Of course, of course, I want a great left tackle on my team. Of course, I want a great left tackle on my team. It's just with the jab. It's solely the only reason why I don't want Trent Williams is solely on the fact that the Jaguars have made so many mistakes at signing offensive linemen that really don't pan out that I'm just worried about it, okay? that I guess the prior Jags history is why I worry about that, overpaying for a 33-year-old offensive lineman who is going to come here and finish his career out in Jacksonville and go, 
But I, I'm, I'm glad Kelly brought this one up though. Kyle Juszczyk is a must. And I threw, I was looking at it when I made, when I was making this, I was like, do I really want to throw a fullback on this list? But Kyle Juszczyk is not just a fullback here. Okay. Kyle Juszczyk is so much more than just a fullback. He is the backbone to the San Francisco 49ers team. He is the lifeline Uh, lifeline. Is that what, is that the proper term here? Lifeline lifeblood lifeblood. That's it. Words are hard. Okay. (laughs) Words and phrases are hard, but he is the backbone of this team and they need to bring (laughs) that is a must. What, what are you laughing at? Giggly bit. You searched, you searched for the term you wanted, and then and you I went with backbone. I backed <laughs> off it again, okay? I backed like, off Oh, I got I, it. I learned it. I'm going to use another I, I word. Felt shame, vocabulary. Okay? I Mitchell Trubisky that phrase, okay? And I messed it up, okay? <laughs> I, I messed it up. But no, Kyle Juszczyk has to be a must. Between him and Trent Williams, I feel like those are the two the two guys here that you look at, and they, they're they're a must. They're, they're a must. Richard yeah. Sherman's going to New York. I'm calling that now. You've already written off Richard Sherman. We've, yeah, we've already written off Richard Sherman. Solomon Thomas is good, but I mean, I still think Eric Armstead's there. You have you have Nick Bosa coming back healthy. He's not a priority there. And and I, I want to ask you this before we look into the the uh, the free agents here for the potential free agents, though, I should say, uh, for the San Francisco 49ers. What are your thoughts on Jimmy G? Like, there has just been so much talk. And I saw the most ridiculous. Obviously, it might be true. It might not be true. But you you and I talked about, I can't remember what move it was. But you were like, that's a lateral move. It's a lateral move. And What? Carson Wentz to the Colts. Oh, the, the the Carson Wentz to the Colts. Lateral, oh. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, that was, okay, that yeah, was yeah. A lateral move. But but th- so it was reported the other day that the San Francisco 49ers have checked in with the Carolina Panthers on acquiring Teddy Bridgewater. That is that screams to me lateral move. That to me screams lateral move. Forty Niners. Yeah, look. So, at- uh, I'll look up the source here. I'll look up the source just to just to make sure and clarify this. But yeah. it was a report out there that the San well, Francisco at that, point, is- at that point, <laughs> do you not do you not offer them for the eighth spot? You're at twelve. If because if you're gonna go after Teddy Bridgewater, why not offer them that for the eighth spot and grab a QB in the draft? Because Teddy Bridgewater is only gonna have so much traction on him. You're gonna be in the same position again in a couple of years. That doesn't make any sense to me. Like, so this that's, was that's the source was the athletic here. The source was the athletic. It says the Niners' interest in Bridgewater doesn't necessarily mean they're keeping they're replacing Jimmy Garoppolo as the team starter. It goes into detail about it, but it says the 49ers have reached out to the Panthers about about a potential trade for Teddy Bridgewater. That is, th- if you want to talk about a lateral move, that's a lateral move. It it it, it, it doesn't make any sense. I feel like that would be one of the worst moves since John Lynch has been there. It would be. I mean, that. Yeah. I, I want to. If, if someone out there thinks that that is that is a good move, I mean, Kelly, you you're you're a Forty ers fan. If there's any Forty ers fans that have said that, send them send them to me. That if they have said that there is a a good reason to trade for Teddy Bridgewater, send them to the Rough Cut guys, okay? And I want to talk, okay? I want to talk because it doesn't make sense. I'm not sold on bailing on Jimmy Garoppolo yet, and I'm damn sure not sold on bailing for him, uh, bailing on him for Teddy Bridgewater. So, so Kelly, Kelly's saying that they want him as a solid backup. I, <laughs> you paying, I don't, you paying him starter money to be a backup though. Yeah, and, and what do you trade for a backup at that point? Like, 
I don't know. I don't know. That doesn't, that doesn't, that doesn't, doesn't go well for me. For me, if you, if you are looking at anything to do with the Carolina Panthers at this point, it's looking about swapping picks in the first round. You're sitting yeah. at 12. They're sitting at eight. If you are really that gung ho for a QB, go get a young guy. You know, I already, I already have them in the, in the running for a QB. I think that unless four of them go in the top 10 and the 49ers don't move, I think, I think they could pick up a QB. Yeah, I don't think it would be if it's Trey Lance. I think it has to be no less than Justin Fields. But you know, I, I, it's it's funny you bring up Justin Fields, and we'll touch back into this. With if you haven't if you haven't watched our mo- our uh, what was it our what 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 do we call it our lock mock one point oh lock mock one point oh yeah or my mockamania mockamania running wild folks mockamania running wild. If you haven't watched our mock draft show from Friday. Go check that out now on Facebook, Twitter. You can go check that out. Enjoy it. Also on all audio platforms, that all podcast platforms. But we talked about quarterbacks. We talked about that situation. There's been so much talk lately about Justin Fields now being the second best quarterback. I mean, we had a poll last week that asked about who's the number <laughs> two quarterback, and Justin Fields is now in it. It's wild, man. It's going to be a wild ride to the draft. But let's take a look at these 49ers potential targets here. Trent Williams, we've the – I, I threw I threw him on there just because that has yeah. to be that has to be a target. Jarrell Casey, Trey Boston, and Kyle Rudolph. And I want to point this out here. I know people probably see Kyle Rudolph's name on here and be like, "Oh, we have George Kittle." I really <laughs> with Kittle's health, man. It's not it's not that great. Okay, he's been banged up. He's obviously. I wanted. I saw you. I saw your face behind the graphic, and I was like, "What is that locked and loaded face right there? What is this?" I'm. I'm just shocked that you're going that route. Like George Kittle's too young to really be worried about. I don't. You're not, but you're not. I'm not saying you're sold out on George Kittle, and he's, you're you're getting rid of him or you're replacing him by any means. But you have to be. Was it you that was talking to me about running a two tight end set when we were talking yeah, about drafting? Absolutely, I love that idea. Oh, so, so first of all, back off with the George Kittle hate, saying that I'm hating on George Kittle or yeah, that's a different him. reason. That's a different but, reason. But Kyle Rudolph comes in; he's consistent. He is healthy. He comes in; he could be a solid tight end behind George Kittle and step up if and when George Kittle gets hurt. Because it, at this point. The likelihood of happening of uh, the likelihood of it happening is strong. It is strong. So Kyle Rudolph right there. I mean, this one right here. If I see Kyle Pitts in some reports of, in some mocks for round one, that would be scary. Can you imagine Kyle Pitts and George Kittle? I don't care who's throwing the ball. Uh, you throw Nathan yeah. Peterman back there, man. I don't care who's yeah. throwing the ball. That's scary. Whatever team gets Kyle Pitts is going to be very happy. I mean, that's that's just a fact. Uh, and 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 if he gets that far, screw a quarterback. Yeah, grab Kyle Pitts because we also talk about them needing a solid number one. I really like Debo Samuel. Brandon AU came on really good last season, but they you still don't feel like the 49ers have a solid number one. And yes, I get it. Kyle Pitts is a tight end, but we know we can line him up anywhere. So if you don't have a solid number one, you know what's better? A lot of really good number twos. You know, <laughs> if I could take a Debo Samuel and run him all wild across the middle of the field, and then you have to worry about a streaking Kyle Pitts, and then Brandon Ayuk jumping over everybody, like I'll take that. And then George Kittle, like 
yeah, I, I love the two tight end run. Like that, to me, I think that's the way the NFL should have gone with a lot more teams. I'm surprised they have it in a lot of places as well. But yeah, I, that that reasoning for Kyle, for Kyle Rudolph, I'm with. Just when you were talking about George Kittle and, you know, being angry at him for being injured last season, yeah. like chill, chill. I'm not angry at him. I'm really not. I like George Kittle. He's yeah. a big wrestling guy. And just to let you know, he's a big wrestling guy, George yeah. Kittle. I watched him uh, get to meet Snow Cold Steve Austin on first take and uh, the, 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 like, gen, gen, yeah. the genuine surprise Word. and happiness of Stone Cold popping up on the screen while they were talking to George Kittle he, was he's awesome. Such, he's such a he's such a big big wrestling guy. He does. He, I don't know if, if any AEW fans are out there. And I, my pardon my Spanish here, but there's a guy on on AEW Pentagon Junior or Penta Zero Medio. It's Spanish means no fear. But he does this and he does that. And so when George Kittle gets a first down, he will go like this and he'll go like that. And it's it's, it's basically a shout out to that. Love wrestling. Love George Kittle. He's my boy. Other than that, though, I mean, I think we nailed the 49ers. I think we've nailed this NFC West. I want to break some bad news, though. We've got, I've got, I've got some bad news. Oh, I've got some bad news for our fans here. Oh, we will. I'm sorry, AJ. I don't think I talked to you about this. It's and okay. You, I'm on the same. I'm on it with you. If you okay, good. So we're on the same yeah, page. Have to. Have to. <laughs> we will not be doing a final countdown tonight. Okay. I'm sorry have to do this but we will not be doing a final countdown tonight i have some homework to get knocked out aj's got some homework to get knocked out we ran the show a little longer we did we (laughs) we went a little bit longer here but we apologize for not including a final countdown today but tomorrow we're talking nba and afterwards we will have an an extra long final actually i'm gonna break this price here well let's just say we'll have a final countdown price here Friday night we'll have our extended final countdown because Friday night we are we are drafting the best sports movies with myself AJ we've got Dylan Kearns here and we've got Aaron Mukes joining the show as well a four-way draft of the best sports movies coming up on Friday at 8 p.m. right here on Facebook live and Twitter be sure to check that out so we will do an extended extended final countdown just for you beautiful beautiful fans who are hoping for a final countdown tonight but aj let's round it out here buddy tell them where they can follow us yes sir hit us up on twitter at rough cut underscore sports on facebook where you're watching this wonderful show at rough cut sports on instagram at the rough cut sportscast while you're doing that go over and check out some of our youtubes if you missed any clips we got them there you can recheck some of this wonderful content we've given you uh clip by clip show by show hit that like hit that share hit that subscribe tell everybody and of course we are brought to you by halftime sports collectibles the number one place to get all of your sports memorabilia needs whether it's a signed cleat by brandon jacobs which we get just gave away for free for free free or if Freer you're than turbo tax baseball's back <laughs> and i saw some signed baseballs there dylan is a big fan of vlad guerrero jr this season he's his most watched play he's he's the guy on the on the watch list for for dylan this year that is he's got signed baseball at halftime sports collectibles man so head on over there halftime sports collectibles.com the number one place to get all of your sports memorabilia aj do you have any final words before we close things out great day uh NFC West, that was fun. Uh, next week, we'll have another division that we'll break down in the offseason for you. And 
And then we're getting closer to actual free agency. So it's about to light up. I, I imagine we're going to be coming back and touching on some of the teams we've already uh, talked about, but I'm here for it. I'm all with it. We've already started seeing some names be dropped for signs. We saw JJ Watt, Tyrell Williams went to Detroit today, man. That was yeah. names are starting to slowly come in. We are your number one place to get all of your sports news as well, though. Check out our Twitter, check out our Instagram, check out our Facebook. If you want to stay up to date. And I just want to let everyone know before we, before we round it out, this is my final words here. Head on over to any podcasting platform that you may listen to your podcast and drop that review. Let us know what you think of the show. Share the page, of course, but drop those reviews. Let us know. Give us that feedback so we can give you the content that you want to see. We're striving for that six-star content, okay? This right here, this makes this makes us happy. This makes us happy right here. Yeah. We really appreciate it, Jose. We thank you so much for tuning in. Head over to your podcasting platform, though, and drop that review. Let us know what you think of the show. We are an independent show, okay? We're an independent podcast. We do this out of the love, the love of the game, basically. We do it out of the love of the game, okay? So we want to have your support. That's it. Plain and simple. AJ, I'm not going to ask you for final words. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> We will see you tomorrow for NBA Talk. We're talking B-ball. That basketball.